Hi, my name is Nick Thompson and I run holisticvet.co.uk. We're based near Bath in England. I'm Dr. Brendan Clark. I'm based at Towerwood Vets in West Yorkshire. And my name's Dr. Connor Brady, the non-vet of the gang from dogsperts.ie. And together we are Raw Pet Medics. <laughs> Everybody coming coming in here and hearing us fix our sound. The problem is, guys, is that we don't really get a full effect of the sound until we until we get going. So we do have to make little yeah. tweaks here as we as we start off. But welcome to 2023, everybody. Great to see uh, us all back again. I am um, turbocharged and extra large here. I've had two weeks off and I am chomping <laughs> at the bit. But uh, I just I just love getting back to work after a break. Do you guys or do you guys dread it? No, I love love being able to have some control over. The minute by minute workings of the day. Whereas when you've got kids and and family, forget it, forget it. Yeah, it's, it's just it's just it's just chaos. So yes. yeah, you just wake up and you and you ask your partner, "What are we doing today?" <laughs> and you just and you hope it's not too bad. <laughs> that's how your Christmas goes. <laughs> oh, we're going to your family today. Oh, not bad. Yeah, that's a good one. Anyway, that's a uh, that's. But uh, listen, you can see scrolling across the bottom, patreon.com forward slash raw pet medics. Uh, for anybody that can, we really appreciate your help through 2022. It's been great. Uh, it's been a nice, slow grow, and it really helps things our side. And we deeply appreciate anything you can do there. Price of a cup of tea, uh, a pint, uh, a month is, is wonderful for us. If you can, great. If you can't, doesn't matter. We're going to be here. Uh, FOC as usual. That, that's what we do. Uh, you'll also catch our podcast. This is all being done. Um, reasonably professionally. Pete is professional. We just do what we do. That's the, that's the thing. Yeah. Nobody's questioning Pete. So I mean, he's a he's a gem. But uh, no, that was not about you, Pete. But uh, and you'll find us. And guys, it really helps if you vote for our podcast. There, we're actually second in uh, a lot of places. Uh, second in Ireland. Second in uh, we're high up in Canada, uh, and we're second in Trinidad Tobago. <laughs> Trinidad Tobago. Hello to all our fans. <laughs> um. So that, that helps. And usually that's done if your podcast allows you to vote or give you stars or like things. Uh, we would appreciate your help there because that's great. We would love to top a couple of those lists. It'd be nice. It's usually like in a pet section or whatever. Um, but it's uh, still, it, it helps, you know, and it's a nice little feeling that you, that you start to top a few lists. So if you can do that, that we deeply appreciate that. But yeah, guys, so we are going to do tonight, if, considering the first show of the year, uh, and probably slightly less about dogs or if you want yours to include dogs, um, uh, you know, Whatever, whether you're into resolutions or not, it's probably a good time to assess and plan. I mean, there's nothing like writing a few bits in your diary and saying, I need to do that and get that done. In fact, that's one of my points. But um, what, uh, would anybody like to start off? I was saying maybe do, I've actually got five prepared, guys. Uh, not verbatim, but uh, would you like to do uh, a few ideas each of uh, resolution ideas or health and wellness tips? That's oh. what I was hoping for tonight. Oh, um, I am more than happy to proceed. Should uh, should you guys want a couple of minutes to reassess? Your- Hang on. So so Connor, you've got five resolutions. Is that what you say? You've got five resolutions. Are they my resolutions? They're not really my resolutions. I'm helping everybody else with their resolutions. I'm not making any, to be honest. Um, I know. I like, I am making some resolutions myself, but everybody's going to be. You know, everyone's got their own ideas. You know, for sure. For example, I haven't had a drink in a couple of days. I'm not eating any dirty sweets and whatnot. And for me, that is uh, quite a feat because I have been pigging out, and it's not easy. But um, 
So I have a couple of little tips. Can I just do my first one just because it's a good one and it'll set off a little conversation. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I feel like there has been quite, uh, uh, quite a bit of sickness around. Um, I'm definitely sensing that. And I have had, through in the last three or four or five months, a few people around me have had some very worrying diagnosis. Um, I am definitely seeing that. I'm sure some of you guys out there are seeing that too. You're hearing of it and there's some, that's just what I feel. I just feel that. But uh, somebody very close, a couple, two people very close to me, my age. And uh, I was just thinking, do you know what we should do? Resolution number one, why would you wait until you get bad news before you start eating the green milkshakes and, and doing the healthy things? You know, like, some of the stuff is so simple. Let's pretend you get a cancer diagnosis. And the very first thing after you talk to your consultant and hear what the plan might be there, when you start looking at, uh, you know, conventional kind or non-conventional alternative practices like eating healthy, uh, that's usually the first thing that comes up. And like the, putting these shakes together are so, so simple. For example, um, and I'm not saying this is the one for cancer, by the way. I'm just saying that if you're at home, you can have any bits of uh, fruit and veg from the fridge, okay? Like, I mean, uh, you can have a basis of an apple. An apple is a great way of sweetening up the veg. You can throw in a tiny bit of carrot, a tiny bit of broccoli, a tiny bit of anything into it. That's your bit of veg. You can throw in good quality pumpkin seeds. You can throw in a little packet of organic flax seed and nut meal, which I got from the organic health shop. That gets a tablespoon in there. You can crackle in a probiotic because a probiotic for the next week or two You've been feeding the wrong bacteria over Christmas. You've been giving them loads of sugar, pumping in loads of booze, sugar, 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 and you're growing the wrong garden. So if you want to have a little probiotic, now is a good time to do it. You might not put that in your shake. You might take it separately, but a probiotic to get things going again as well. And so put the good healthy things in the shake and put in the antioxidants, the good quality dried blueberries, you know, any of the cool little compounds that you think might be a healthy addition that you say, God, I wish I was eating that every day. Those things are available. They're delivered to your door in 24 hours, guys. And you make up this shake according to any kind of recipe that you like. You put in a spoon of yogurt and you just neck this thing, okay? Don't make too sweet. Don't lash it full of apple juice or, you know, that kind of thing. It doesn't need to be sweet. You're not going for the tastiest thing you ever ate in the day. You're going for a healthy blast of antioxidants and eating that once every day. Why do we wait until we get bad news before we do things like that for ourselves? I think that is one of the top things I'd recommend. And then you can also tweak those uh, for your liver, for your kidneys. You might, like Bren, might want to do a liver detox uh, for whatever reason, or somebody might want to look after their kidneys. You can add in kidney bits or liver bits. The recipes are all online. That's my number one resolution. I'm going to start doing that every morning, a good treat for my body every morning. Nicholas. Okay, Brady, I'm just going to... I did this. I was, when I first met Ellie... I was Mr. Smoothie and I was uh, doing some her some herb stuff. Oh, as it were, as it were. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> it just dates it because um, she she kind of went into this whole thing about, about smoothies and what have you. And there was a guy called uh, James, James somebody who was the, the smoothie king. Yeah, he was just like, you know, if anything stood still for longer than about three seconds, he would put it in a, in a blender and, and neck it. And I've, been, I've discussed this with, 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 with herbalists and with, with nutritionists and what have you, and the individual components are fantastic. You know, blueberries and spirulina and chlorella and vegetables and apples and what have you. However, the other side of that is that 
you're taking them all in in one go. You, you, what, you, it would take you, what, 40 seconds to neck a glass like that? Whereas if you ate the individual components, it would probably take you an hour or two to get through an apple and a carrot and some blueberries and some broccoli and some maybe an hour. OK, and so your the, the, the impact on your blood sugar, even though it's not a sweet thingy uh, on your on your blood sugar and therefore insulin therefore pancreas is really quite substantial because you're doing a, an hour's meal in 40 seconds so i totally hear what you say but just to just to give you the other side of that so i was exactly going down this line it's like well hey i can get what well, i can get my five or seven a day in 40 in 40 seconds in the morning big win but actually, when you talk to the, 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 the people who really know about this stuff, they are not doing smoothies. They are eating the best quality food they can possibly get hold of. And they're chewing it and, they're, you know, and it's going in the front door. Yeah, like I, I think I totally I, I do agree with that. I wouldn't be looking at the fruit and veg content, lashing it full of all different fruits. And that's not really what I'm about. Mm. I'm using it as a vehicle to put in the four or five or six little powders and kind of things that I would say, I wish I was taking that. Uh, on a okay. daily basis and just to neck it yeah i don't think that filling it full of oranges and grapes and all that sort of stuff that's not going to work for you i don't think there's a whole lot of high calorie high insulin spiking vegetables that go into smoothies i mean you know what i mean if you're putting dark greens into a smoothie you're not getting an insulin spike off that or a piece of broccoli you'd be all day eating this a broccoli milkshake trying to get it but i hear what you're saying and I, i'm not trying to do it as a meal replacement and all and Okay. I, I'm using it as a vehicle to get these okay. four, five, six sexier things into me. And I feel like, yes, you know, why wait to put in the antioxidants, book porn, see book porn, and all this kind of weird stuff that's like, oh, I wish I was taking that. Astaxanthin, a, a golden turmeric paste is anti-cancer. How often do we actually take that? Never. You wait until something goes, okay, maybe not golden turmeric paste. But you know what I mean? There's these cool little foods that are out there. That was my number one, and I'm definitely going to start doing that. And so that's like the way you would do it with the, with the smoothies, guys, as opposed to having these all over the place, is that you just have a little jar and you say, well, this is how much I need for the week and you put them in. So I put in, I have a mix. I've got good quality pumpkin seeds, organic European pumpkin seeds. I've got organic flaxseed powder. You know, it's actually a flaxseed and nut mix, organic nut mix. You know, it like the stuff you'd buy in Aldi, essentially, except it's an organic version, I hope. Uh, and so I just mix that all up and it essentially turns to purple. And I just put tablespoons of that into whatever little shake, a bit of yogurt, and then one piece of fruit or whatever. And if there's a bit of errant broccoli or carrot that needs to go in, I'd, I'll lash that in because I kind of feel like, yeah, it's a bit of fiber. You know, a frozen cube of spinach can go in, but oh, that doesn't make things taste nice at all. Um, but anyway, that was that was my number one. I'm going to start eating like I like I have a bad diagnosis. That's my tip for, for January. I'll let you know how I'm going. What about uh, you, Nick? What do you, what's that? Uh... Yeah, I would say, um, why, yeah, I completely agree. Why wait to get sick? to do the things that make you healthy, yeah? So the way to, to I, I'm speaking to a mate of mine, Alan Robinson, and he said, very wise man, and he said, the, the, the way you need to prioritise these things is be careful about what you think, what you drink, what you eat, and what you do. One, two, three, four. Number one is what you think, yeah? Because that will determine all the other things. Be careful about what you think, what you drink, what you eat and what you do 
So the do is the exercise thing. And I'd love to have a little chat about exercise and, and losing weight and what have you. But um, what you're drinking is really, really important. If you're eating fresh food and what have you, and then you knock down five coffees, you're probably going to go in the wrong direction. Yeah. But uh, and then if when you get home, you're, you're having four glasses of wine, then again, you know, you're, you're eating loads of really good stuff. But then you the, the, the drink that's gonna that's gonna have a negative impact. So um I think you need to I think a little change in a few different areas is probably easier to maintain than having one big change. Right, this this year I'm gonna do X. Or, or you know what I mean? Um I find resolutions never last beyond February, personally, never last beyond. However, if you read something, I mean, remember when we read Shanahan, you know, we all got a little bit more fermented food into our diets. We all started going for bone broths a little bit more. We, I started eating more organ meat, okay, for the vitamin D and all these kind of things. So I think making small, easy, comfortable changes is, is more realistic long term and so um, what am I going to do this year? I've caught me out. I don't know. I didn't know we were going to be doing this. <laughs> yeah. I've, I, the I can, resolution thing. Yeah. The, on the, the, was, we mentioned the probiotics bit there. I am kind of thinking that, you know, you, people are obsessed with, oh, I've got a sweet tooth. And people say I have a sweet tooth as if it's a genetic thing. And you're so rare in your family that you have a sweet tooth. I think the problem is if you eat a lot of selection boxes and drink a lot of red wine, and feed your gut floor a lot of sugar, you are going to nurture uh, a growing body of little uh, pathogens, essentially, that just demand more sugar. And they engineer things, and they release chemicals, and they deny you chemicals uh, to get you to give them more sugar. So you come into January gasping for a bit of sugar. And so a great study, I said this about probiotics last time, on uh, heavy drinkers in France, 400 of them, and they gave them a probiotic. And the ones taking a probiotic for a month, their intake of drink decreased massively. Uh, compared to the ones getting the placebo. So I thought that was very interesting. And so what they were trying to show was that you might have a good floor screaming for sugar. So when you have that glass of wine at six o'clock, is it the sugar you really need or is it the wine, the effect of the wine? Uh, probably a bit of both. So I feel that you can cheat and help yourself along by, if you feel it, if you feel like you are just hankering for dirt after Christmas, if you've had a bad Christmas uh, in food respect, uh, then you can just take a few probiotics and... Uh, I am gone back onto my probiotics now just for a week or two. I don't see any harm in that. And uh, I have them in the fridge. Often people have their probiotics just sitting in the fridge and they don't take them. They don't finish them because, you know, Udo's comes in a big bottle. So I'm taking them for a couple of weeks. Kind of feel like I'm, <clears throat> I'm going to uh, have a little cheeky reset. So that's uh, going to help me keep off the sugar because perhaps that might be one of the reasons why you might fail on the old glass of wine. Look, that's just what I'm doing. Not everybody has to stop drinking wine. It's just I'm just giving myself this challenge. To, to clean myself up for a little while but uh yeah that's what just tell us again which ones you're using there uh connor udo's is the popular brand here in ireland at the moment biocult and udo's u-d-o-s um they yeah. do, they oh, dominate yeah. europe those two both of them being made in france i think uh they're fantastic and they're freeze-dried they don't actually have to live in the fridge if you buy them off the shelf they don't need to obviously be in the fridge same with your fruit and vegetables in the supermarket Supermarkets are experts at preserving their food. So if you buy fruit and veg from a non-refrigerated section, you know that's probably the best place to keep them. I always put my carrots in the fridge, and it's not where you're supposed to put them. You're supposed to put them in the cupboard. Uh, I didn't know that. But anyway, that was the probiotic bit. So the, the probiotic thing is my number two. It's like 
I'm going to take a cheeky little probiotic just for a week or two because I feel like that might help me with my hankering for it. Like I'm used, for the last month or two, I've been having a glass of wine and that's on Tuesday night, you know, so that sets me up wrong because then, you know, I feel like, well, sure, I had a few on Tuesday night, I can have a few on Wednesday. But uh, that's, that's, that's my problem. Does anybody else have any more? I've got my long list. Uh, somebody just mentioned that, oh, coffee is good for you. And I, I, I completely agree. I think, you know, one or two cups of coffee, really good, organic and everything else. Coffee. However, which is why I said five, yeah, an excess of anything, yeah. Red wine is arguably good for you, you know, if it's really dark and rich and what have you. It's uh, uh, high in resveratrol. Uh, resveratrol, that's exactly right, and 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 the rest. Um, but if you have five of them, you probably go one, two steps forward and three steps back. So just you know, everything everything has has it has. There is a an equilibrium for everything. Um, I have another one, but inspired by Nick, which is uh, buying better quality meat. I'm back on the meat since that Shanahan book because I realized I had a couple of knee operations, never fed myself glucosamine, chondroitin, collagen, all this sort of stuff. Uh, even though I'm constantly preaching about that for our dogs, we're eating dry food that don't get any of those components. Um, so I was saying here, I have a little number two, um, buy better quality meat. So I buy a decent quality chicken that costs about maybe four times more than uh, a supermarket chicken. And okay, I realize not everyone can do that, but I eat less meat. I don't eat a whole lot of meat. I eat a bit of meat. And so I get the chicken, then I make broth from the bones. I'm getting religious about that. It's getting addictive now because I feel like I'm getting loads of value from the chicken. And then all the bits that come off that, the dog's got a day's feed and that. Um, and also organ pills. I'm definitely, definitely, definitely going to start taking, because I can't eat organ meat, unlike Nick. When Nick says he's eating organ meat, I feel a bit jealous. Um, and I just can't. I can't eat any of them. Uh, so I'm going to take Ancestral is the New Zealand company. Uh, and they sell these little pills. You'll buy them on Amazon. And they do single organs or they do a mix of five, six, seven different organs in there. So I'm going to start taking them in pill form because it's one of the four pillars of nutritional health, according to the absolute boss that, that Shanahan is that I consider. Sure. It's not that I've read so much that I can, I can bounce off all her ideas, but she is extremely convincing that it's, it's nutritionally so good for you. So if you can't eat kidney because it processes we all day, which is a ridiculous concept in my head, but that's what I'm thinking. Uh, well then these little pills so i'm better quality meat like uh eat, eat slightly less of the crappy meat and um, bad news is that ireland is opening 100 mega farms so the the thousand mega farms that are in britain this it's, it's only so long before they're going to open now so meat quality in ireland is only going down so um you know get your your chicken and your eggs from any animals that run around outside organically fed that kind of stuff it'd be great even your your eggs alone you know if there's somebody nearby that's making anyway that was my my other meaty one. Yeah, I've got one. Uh, there's a there's a lovely company called Hunter and Gather, not uh, Hunt. Uh, uh, was it um, no, Hunter Gather Gatherers? Hunter, Hunter Gatherer. And gather. Hunter and Gather. Hunter and Gather. They get Icelandic lamb liver and desiccate it, put it in a capsule. Icelandic lamb's kidney, desiccate it, put it in a capsule. Okay, and they do they do amazing uh, mayonnaises. Not for your dog, but mayonnaise is with with no rapeseed oil. Hellman's, which is a divine, heavenly made thing, is stuffed with rapeseed oil, which is a real shame because it oh, tastes no. amazing, incredible. It's Sorry, mate. <laughs> like, is it a huge? Is it a big component of it? It is. It's 
don't know what percentage, but that's why it's greasy. <laughs> oh, I didn't know. Sorry. I didn't know. I didn't even think to look. I just... Yeah. I didn't even think... Oh, yeah. oh we, we, we go through a lot. The name of that website Nick is talking about is hunterandgatherfoods.com. Beautiful website. Ooh. Oh, is it? Is it? Do you want to share your screen? Go on, share it, and I'll show the guys. I see. Whilst, sorry, I, I've muted myself for a while because my RAM decided to do a reboot and bleep annoyingly in the mic. But I will just say the um, um, one thing I would say, I love organ meat. I think from a point of view of um, being able to cook it right with the right amount of seasoning makes a big difference. And actually, don't overcook it. That's mm. always what I would say for organ meat. Um, I don't understand needing to sort of powder it or anything like that. I think, I think they've got the, the gist, hunter and gather. And the one that, that Connor was talking about was ancestral, which is New Zealand. And that's really fantastic, except I heard that uh they are very keen on glyphosate in in new zealand in like really mm. really keen on glyphosate yeah because it's very oh, not very just much glyphosate a... all sorts of stuff they spray across their yeah well they've got loads of um toxins to kill their um their pests off haven't they they do that whole um spraying the forests with orange stuff what's the uh, not defoliant no a- the agent um, orange no, not Agent Orange. No, it's. Uh, can you imagine? <laughs> it's just. No, they just uh, to kill all of the um, small mammal pests and stuff. It's just. Uh, wow, I hadn't heard that. Real, yeah. real horrible toxin stuff that they they do some weird stuff out there, and it's just. I I was gobsmacked considering we think of them as almost a haven for eco warrior stuff. Friends of mine out down in New Zealand say that they use across massive swathes of, yeah, and they just airdrop it. They literally just scatter the forests with this stuff just to try and give us pest control. And it's just, oh. Wowzers. Okay. Uh, Anyway. There's a girl there in, um, um, there's a a Charlotte who has a wild side, her company, she's dehydrating uh, British organ meats. She's freeze-drying British organ meats. She's going to be the only person freeze-drying British organ meats because... Uh, perhaps there's somebody out there freeze-drying British organ meats, but so far, most of the freeze-dried organ meats that are available are coming from Europe, hopefully. Uh, so um, I don't know anybody that's freeze-drying actual British organ meat, so that would be a good thing. So she, uh, that's coming soon for a, for a pet near you, so that's good news. And there's a guy in Belfast who has a goat farm, and he's going to be selling raw milk. Uh, yeah, there's a certain way to go about that because you can't advertise. It's not illegal but you need to buy it direct from the farmer. And so that is the key bit. And so when that's available, you'll hear everybody talking about that. So I'm looking forward. He'll have that ready very, very soon. So you'll be able to buy raw goat milk. That'd be a nice addition. Um, so yeah, the better quality meat was a big one. I had a, I had a, non, I have a non-animal one. Um, I had a, have, have you got any more nutritional ones before I veer off a little bit? Um, I'm going I'm to say uh, there's, there's, uh, there's a, uh, a famous nutritionist called Mark Hyman. And he, you know, he's on Instagram all the time, Facebook all the time, et cetera, et cetera. And he's really, really anti-milk. However, when we talk to Shanahan, as it were, she says raw milk is completely different from milk milk, from homogenized, pasteurized milk. There is no comparison whatsoever. So I think if you can get hold of, and Modi supplies us with some amazing 
raw milk, um, which we give the kids. And I'm I'm comfortable with raw milk for humans. Not too much, yeah. Not too much coffee. Not too much wine. Not too much milk. But uh, I think it's a really really good thing. But pasteurized, homogenized milk. You might as well pour it on the garden. Yeah, for the amount of good that it's going to do. In fact, it'll probably do the garden more good than it'll do you good. So I would, I would, I, can I, I'm, can I'm I just say, before, before he does that um, and advises you pouring it on the garden, do you know <laughs> that in the range of pollutants, you have, you know, the feces that's flowing affluent off farms, okay, from the slurry tank, okay? Ten times that, and that's the effluent that's flowing off their silage. And then multiply that by 10 again, and that's the amount of milk that they pour off um, from excess dairy when they're cleaning the tank out and stuff. Wow. That's how pollutant milk is into waterways. So please don't, okay? <laughs> don't, don't do that. Okay. I, was um, being, but, I was being facetious. <laughs> I know what you're being. That's I mean, absolutely fine. <laughs> I just totally get why dairy can be a thing. And that's one of my give-ups for um, this month is actually thinking now, Actually, the dairy is probably one of the things that I will go back away from. Uh, I did a, a great trial of using um, collagen mixed with a little bit of MCT oil, okay, mm -hmm. C8. Yeah. Um, and uh, you can use that to create a sort of artificial milk, if you like, uh, that you can put in any coffees if you really must have milk in your coffees. But it's good as a uh, ketogenic boost in the morning along with your smoothie. So you can use that. Um, I'd always say, don't forget, if you're going to make your smoothies, a handful of adaptogens like walnuts or something like that. Um, and I mean just a handful, not like half the pack. is really good just to um, help you metabolize all of those um, antioxidants. But I would certainly say dairy. I love raw goat's milk. I've just had... Um, set of kids born um on new year's eve due to the fireworks thank you fireworks that's my premature um birth um but there you go that's what happens um and uh so i'll hopefully be having some fresh goat's milk unhomogenized unpasteurized um, uh, and that'll be my natural source uh, of dairy and we'll try and resist any of the, the classic um uh, stuff that's going otherwise that is very, 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 very good stuff. I'm just going to say, uh, just you, you were saying about putting soil onto the land. There's, I just read this amazing book. It's very, very, very intense. But if you're a soil nerd, this is a great book from the New Zealand. Just she's, she is on another planet as far as soil is concerned, and she actually uses that in in some. She will look at the soil and measure it and da 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 da. But she has used in some situations on some farms, she has sprayed a, a small amount of milk on the soil to get some protein and some calcium onto the soil, which is an interest, interesting contrast to what you're saying. I honestly sloshing, think it's the, fats. Sloshing, it's the fats. Yeah, sloshing tons and tons and tons of it into waterways is obviously not a good idea. But if you put it on, onto the soil, it's actually going to potentially work with the soil organisms and the mycelium and what have you uh, within the soil so 
that there are again there's 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 an equilibrium there's a it's very difficult to make absolutes in nature very difficult to make absolutes in nutrition as well and that's something that we need to uh, make sure that we're we 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 we, we don't go extreme with these things yeah. you think yeah I wouldn't. I wouldn't cut it. I love cheese, you know, which is all part of the same kind of process, and so it would be very hard for me to to get away from that. But um, <laughs> I can hear what Karen. Oh, is there are so many. There are so many cheeses that you can get that get away from that. Though they don't use uh, pasteurized milk. You know, it's raw milk. Um, yeah. will, there's plenty of cheeses that you can use, which are sheep's or goats or jersey or something like that, which is away from A1 milk. So you know those sort of things. So A1 casing. So there's ways to, to still choose. Yeah, no, I was just, I was actually just looking at the bottom of Karen Reed's message there where uh, dairy does have a, it's not a great in, industry in my opinion, a lot of it from a welfare point of view. It can, there's a few, there's a few issues there. And uh, whatever about trying to eat, you know, well-reared chicken and, and that kind of thing, um, I, I purposely don't think about that end of the things with the dairy industry because I do find milk quite tasty. And I don't care if it's not that nutritious. I just can't help it. If the if the kids want milk and I can't get raw milk and it's in the fridge, I'm gonna have a glass of it now and again. I just like milk. I was reared on the stuff. Um. So. Uh. But yeah. The 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 there's a few issues with the dairy farming uh side of things. I wonder. Is there any such? What's the least? What's the most cruelty free milk you can buy? I wonder. Is it just non animal? Is that the only way? Are they your only options? <laughs> Coconut milk. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I would say just go for really extensive. There's a guy called well, we have him on, Patrick Holden. Have a look at him and his 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 work. You know, he he I think he names all his cows and he's very extensive and he's very respectful with them. Did you know, by the way, read this the other day, how a named cow produces more milk than a simply numbered cow. No way. How, how cool is that? For, for lots of obvious reasons, but it's quite a nice little... There, there's some studies to show. Yeah, isn't that nice? Do you know, and actually, that's something I find with the goats. Actually, the bond that you get when you're milking the goats is totally different to those that are just out there, you know, feeding their kids, doing their own thing. It's interesting how they change their attitude towards you and your relationship with them when you start milking them. And you do have to name them when you're in that situation. I mean, I don't, I've not got hundreds, you know, it is literally, but you start giving them a name and you start talking to them while you're milking them. It's like, yeah, so I probably look like a total nutcase when I'm out there in the middle of a field with a little stool and a bucket. <laughs> I, think that's, I think that's completely normal. It'd be weird if you didn't name your goats and you only had five or six and you're like, why would you, why would you not name them and talk to them? Of course you're going to, you know, be living beings. That's, I don't think that's weird at all. Somebody said there that um, there's a YouTube, uh, Milk is Addictive, there's a YouTube video on why uh, milk is extremely tasty because they want the, they want the kid to drink it. So, uh, I mean, it's full of sugar, isn't it? I mean, that's surely one of Well, it's going to be all the tryptophans and all of those serotonin-releasing parts to it that are going to make them, you know, that's you know, it is what it is. That stuff that you say doesn't work by mouth, Connor. <laughs> I, do, I mean listen well I mean it works for little baby cows to turn them from 40 kg into 400 kg into what <laughs> in six months I'm sure it's not stop trying to blame the dairy <laughs> it's not going to help my car tyre I'm developing here but um, just talking about milk sorry uh, Connor you'll want to jump on to the next thing and we, 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 we're staying with the thing um, 
uh, Dan Barber, he's written a wonderful book called The Third Plate, which is not technical, it's not intense, extreme or anything. So that's a really, really good New Year read, guys. But he talks about, they, they have, he's one of the top chefs in the, in the States, Dan Barber, yeah? And he has this place called um, Blue Hill at Stone Barns, just outside New York somewhere. Really fancy place. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful food. And they do single milk, I think, cream or puddings or something like that, in that they'll say, this, th 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 this pudding today is from Gertrude, and you'll notice it's more yellow than the stuff that we had ye yesterday from Betty, which is different it's got more more butterfat in it than from um, whoever, Sarah, yeah? And what he finds is that the same cows, yeah, they look pretty identical, but if they're in the field, they will graze in a completely different way, that Ermintrude will go for lots of dandelions when they're about, but um, Cleo doesn't really like them and she sticks with the with the uh, timothy and the whatever it might be and and isn't that fascinating i mean at vets we, we've you know uh, uh, brenda and i've been to vet school and you know we've been taught all this stuff and yet yeah, and you don't think actually they are going to select i mean provenza talks about this as well doesn't he in in, in his book that they do have wisdom and they have um, tastes and they have different metabolism and different... There you go, Fred Provenza. Um, uh, and, and so actually, when we think about this in a holistic point of view, there's no surprise whatsoever. They are going to be individual. If we allow them to be individualised, there is such a beauty and a range and a spectrum of personality and you know, their microbiome can come out. So I think that's just a rarely, a rare, beautiful observation about something as mundane. As a cow. What, what was it there? What, who, who was this? I think it was somebody that met Patrick Holden in a podcast and uh, he was bringing them out to a field of where his girls were and he was letting them into the field. And he was trying to explain that, you know, the, these 30 or 40 cows cannot wait to get into that field. He says there's plenty of grass in the field they're in, but they don't want that, do they? Because it's not the grass really they're after, first of all. That's just a... That's just something you eat day to day. That's the potatoes that come with your meal, but it's not the steak, you know, or whatever else that turns you on. And so they're waiting to get in there. And uh, he said that each cow will go for, for this high up items. He, has, he says, there's 20, I just see 20 different plants in there. And initially your eye, you're looking at grass, grass, grass. But if you actually listen to what he's saying, then you start to notice one or two other species, then four or five, and then others are smaller than the grass. And the cows dig them all up and they take some of the roots from some and don't take roots from others. And, uh, and so, yeah, so the first day that you can only imagine what their milk would taste like if they're eating other grass mm -hmm. only on day two, they say, OK. And that's the difference of what you were saying, Nick, about, um, you know, whatever grass fed cows, then there's pasture fed. Um, is what, what what's, what's the difference between pasture fed and the other type? What was that? Grass can be just one or two species in a, in a lay. They'll, they'll just put um, uh, Timothy and uh, ryegrass. That's it. OK, and that that would be. That would be a pasture. No, that would be a grass-fed. Yeah, because it is grass, but there's only two. Nature doesn't do that. Nature normally does 27 different uh, species in every square meter, even. So that's, you know, that's what they've designed, you know, for millions of years. They've designed to look after themselves, 
under, under you know a bit of this if they you know need to substantiate their milk a bit of that if they need to help their immune system and yet we just stick them on two species uh, and then at the end of it we put all their milk in together and go right there you go and it's only 27p a litre when it leaves the farm it's a tragedy it's just it's wrong 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 it is spending a bit more on food that's a that's a resolution i mean so we are all so used to, I mean, this is easy for me to say when a lot of people don't have the cash. So I know I'm, I'm absolutely aware of that. So I, I don't need to say that again. But, um, but if we can and, and, you can and you can afford to do it, buying in some good quality ingredients, is, yeah. it's just so important because our food chain is going to bit. When you look at, I've said this about blueberries before, but it's a classic example. We expect strawberries in Ireland at Christmas time. And it's like, where do you think you're going to get straw? We barely grow, we barely have enough sun to grow them here in the sunny southeast of Ireland. And we grow some strawberries there. And yet we're getting these in wintertime. And then you get these five or six strawberries in a giant plastic box from usually Egypt or somewhere like that. They are grown in a greenhouse or maybe not in, in, in heavily fertilized soil, the same soil every year. They might be given nitrogen to grow them big and quick. And you bite into that strawberry and it tastes of nothing. Strawberries at Christmas yeah. time are just so disappointing. Yeah. They look amazing. My God. And you bite into them and go, I'm not even going to want, I don't want more than two or three. When have you ever stopped eating strawberries? I mean, you just want to eat them all day during the summer. Uh, so, uh, so that strawberry compared, or that blueberry, or whatever you want to be eating, it it differs massively from one that's been grown outside in the sunshine and good quality muck, you know that kind of stuff. And that's the difference between buying crappy veg and good quality veg, like heavily intensively grown carrots over and over and over and over, sticking to the same age-old George Jetson approach of throwing them nitrogen because they grow big. You know, that's just ridiculous, as if that's the only nutrients those plants needed. Um, so I think times are changing and people are realizing that and the organic section of each supermarket is getting bigger and bigger. But um, people struggle to leap to that extra 30% for the organic food. And you kind of go, guys, something's got to pay for that. You can go for the cheaper food, but something's going to pay and it's going to be your health over time because you're missing these nutrients, I'm sure. But, you know, um, we're, I know we're at 1946, so I'm not going to get time to... What we could do in that, uh, what we could do, do, do in Patreon, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I was going yeah. to talk about uh, this. This person gave me these great tips three or four years ago about when you're setting goals. Like the problem with being kind of uh, when you've got ideas and you what, like you might be a small business owner and you've got all the stuff that you want to do and you find yourself running around like a headless chicken because you've got so many things to do and nothing really actually gets met. The big projects don't get over the line. Uh, this guy has a very simple process for showing you how to pick your biggest goal and getting over the line. It's very simple. So let's do that in Patreon. Let's, let's do that in, uh, a bit on the side. Yeah, and guys, thank you very much. For those of you who haven't uh, seen us over on Patreon, please join us over on patreon.com forward slash medics. Uh, we will be um, posting this. It will take about an hour for it to process through and then get onto Patreon. Uh, I've worked out all of the glitches now, I think, so you shouldn't get any weird fellas talking about mowers. Um, and we will enjoy seeing you uh, over on the other side. Uh, so, guys, thanks so much to, for joining us. Hope you are, like us, managing a little bit of a detox. I think about what we're doing for the next year and eating healthily. Um, if you want to know a little bit more, join us over on Patreon and uh, hopefully you'll get some other great tips there. Brilliant. See you soon. Amazing. See you guys. See you next week.